Welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. And today we are getting on the road, out your door, on the road to some underrated travel destinations. So this is something I wanted to talk about because I love going to places that maybe I don't know much about or you don't see as many like, I don't know, quintessential Instagram pictures of or whatever, things that you can really discover on your own just because you don't see as much about people traveling to them in sort of mainstream travel blogs and accounts and all of that. So that sort of dives into the first question or the first thing I wanted to look at, which is what even is underrated? I've always thought that I, like I said, gravitated to those places more often, but in looking at some of the lists that we're going to talk about that I read from other travel bloggers and other sites in doing research for this, I realized that I actually haven't been to a lot of those underrated places that people are making lists of. And I realized that I actually haven't been to a lot of the places that people were talking about. And they're all on my list for sure. There were so many of these places like Sri Lanka and Georgia. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have, well, maybe not always, but for years and years, I've wanted to go to these places and haven't made it happen. But at the same time, I've always gravitated to like the lesser traveled places. So I'm going to France later this month and I'm actually going to Paris. And it's a little bit odd for me because I've never, I've never been to Paris before. I've never been to France before. And also on the trip, I'm going to Edinburgh and Dublin, both of which I've been to before and those are major travel destinations. So it's kind of strange to me that I'm doing this Western European like tour where I've always gravitated more towards Central Europe and Eastern Europe. Given the opportunity in years past, you know, I lived in the Czech Republic. I traveled to Hungary. I traveled to Poland. I traveled, you know, I was sort of picking these places that I thought were maybe a little lesser traveled by sort of the general tourist population. And I am trying to walk a little bit of a fine line here because I encourage travel in all ways so I don't I don't think there's any wrong way to do it if you are like but I just want to go to Paris I want to go to London you know that is totally fine I love well I, I don't know if I love Paris I hope I will um, but I enjoyed my time in London you know I do like these Western European countries and same with Asia you know I have been to Japan I have been to South Korea and Thailand and all these places that tourists do flock to so just because a place is highly trafficked by visitors visitors doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad place to go. I think that, you know, there's not a correlation there at all. But going back to kind of what I opened with this, it gives you an opportunity when you travel to lesser visited places or places that you know less about, you see less about, it gives you an opportunity to really discover something new without a lot of pre-imposed ideas or stereotypes or whatever you think about these places going in. And then also just on the practical side, it can be easier to enjoy your time without tons and tons of people also trying to view these amazing sights and scenery and all of that. So underrated, I think, means... So underrated, I think, simply means that not a lot of tourists go there typically. So it's not that we think that these places are bad, but actually they're amazing. It's just that like people don't tend to go there, so you don't hear about it. But actually, there's a lot of really cool things to see and experience and eat and do and all the things, all the reasons that we travel. Anyway, that's a little bit about what I thought about when thinking about underrated travel destinations or what makes a place underrated. 
So as usual, I tried to look at some of the more mainstream um, organizations or places that are making these lists, but also some of the independent travel bloggers, like lesser known sites and things, just to sort of get a good mix of what people are saying. And the first one we're going to look at is from Fodor's. I hope I'm saying that right, F-O-D-O-R-S, which is a big name in the travel community, and they put together this article of 12 underrated countries for solo travelers to explore. So this one is specifically for solo travelers. Well, not specifically. You know, anyone can anyone can check these places out, but they do say it's for solo travelers, and it is from May of 2021, so last year. And one reason I really liked this article is that at the end of each description of each place, they give a little what they call insider tip. And I don't know how exactly insider these actually are in reality, but they were fun little tips or ideas that got me thinking about you know, an additional reason that I might want to visit this place or something that I would make sure to do or check out while I was there. And just for simplicity, a lot of these lists were longer than 10 places, but I'm chopping them all down to 10 just because I like good, clean numbers. And uh, some of these lists were very long. So this is 12 things. We're just going to look at 10. They have number one as Montenegro. And I'm also going to mention when places are in more than one list. So first we have Montenegro. So Montenegro is good for outdoor enthusiasts. They cite crystal clear lakes and endless colorful landscapes. Apparently it's known as the Pearl of the Mediterranean with pine-scented mountains and the beautiful Adriatic Sea and coast to coast. And oh my gosh, this is making me want to go. There's also several port towns that are historic as well as having, you know, a more modern vibe with live music and nightclubs in the historic environment and international DJs coming. So it sounds like a good time in Montenegro. Number two, and I'm going to try not to give a long description of each one of these because we have several lists to get through, but number two is Sri Lanka. Now, I have always wanted to go to Sri Lanka, even though I don't know much about it. Um, it is the, they say jewel-shaped, but the, the relatively small island country in the Indian Ocean and apparently is considered by many to be India's younger, more laid-back sister. Um, and I'm going to say like apparently and they say because I have no firsthand experience for this, but they say that it has unbeatable hospitality, which is one of the reasons why it's great for solo travelers, especially if you're just starting out in Asia for the first time. And their insider tip for Sri Lanka is that Sri Lankans are always open for a chat. So if a local stops you in the street, it's a brilliant opportunity to ask for some off-the-beaten-track recommendations. Um, again, it's always I always think it's funny when they generalize an entire country or an entire population that they're open for a chat. But that does go along with the general air of hospitality that Fodor says to expect in Sri Lanka. Number three, I'm just going to skip right over this one, not because there's anything wrong with it, but South Korea. I love South Korea. I've been there. It was incredible. Um, I would love to go back, but I don't think South Korea is underrated. I think it makes many of the top travel lists, especially for Asia. Asia. So we're going to jump across South Korea. Number four is Georgia. Georgia is in a lot of these lists. Um, Again, I'm going to say this a million times. I would love to go to Georgia. And I think the reason it's on so many of these lists is it's sort of edging out of the underrated travel category. I mean, it's certainly not up on par with like, again, Western Europe or much of um, Asia. And again, I always, I always cite Europe and Asia just because that's 
personally where I have experience. Um, hopefully soon I'll start talking more about South America and Africa and um, Australia and all those places I haven't been yet. But I just gravita- gravitate towards those, those two continents because that is where my experience lies. So, you know, Georgia's not on those lists of like, you must go to Japan, you must go to Vietnam. But I think it's edging up there. It's definitely one of the more widely known places in that region. And Fodor's even says, widely regarded as an up-and-coming destination for all types of travelers. The capital of Georgia is Tbilisi. I think I'm saying that reasonably correct. And it is where most of the tourists go. It's full of fortresses and cathedrals and monasteries. But I think Georgia is also known a lot for its landscape. I think if you're an outdoor enthusiast, you could find a lot to do in Georgia. Apparently, it has an unforgettable ski season in the winter. And Georgia is quite the wine region. So in the fall, there is the grape harvest for wine and all kinds of wine tours. And uh, yeah, I really want to go. And apparently, okay, this insider tip, I actually am going to research this more because the insider tip for Georgia says that Georgia offers a free one-year visa to 94 different countries, which can be renewed as many times as you like. So essentially, you can move to Georgia with probably minimal paperwork. I mean, I, I'm you know making a vast assumption here. Um, I want to make sure that if that was ever true, that it's still true and what those 94 countries are. But that sounds really, really interesting to me. Number five, we're also just going to skim over Finland. Um, I don't think Finland is particularly underrated, especially when they're talking about Christmas time here. I think it's a great place to go (laughs) to experience some real Christmas cheer. So we're going to skim over that to Laos. Now, Laos is on many of these lists as well. And it tends to get skipped when people do kind of Southeast Asia tours because it's landlocked. So a lot of people go to the nearby like Thailand or Vietnam because they can also go to the beaches there. But Laos doesn't have that, which makes it, again, a little bit underrated or a little bit less of a typical tourist draw. But it does have lots of other outdoor adventures. I'm seeing here waterfalls with tubing and zip lining and trekking and hiking and all kinds of temple ho- temple hopping and night markets as well as like cave systems that you can explore in and just lots of other places to see and things to do there. And the insider tip there is that Laos is a very cash forward country. So make sure you bring cash and don't rely on your cards there. Number seven is Albania. Albania is on many of these lists as well. Situated near Greece, which is interesting because Greece is such a huge tourist destination, but Albania is nearby as well. And according to Fodor's, spontaneity is key in Albania, which I think is hilarious. That's such a funny descriptor. But street performers, art art exhibitions, miniature festivals are popping up in every direction. And similar to Greece in that you have olive groves and crystal waters and picturesque villages, but you also get the Albanian Alps in there, so mountain views and outdoor adventures, traditional markets, quaint architecture, chilled out vibes. Albania sounds fantastic. Number eight is Ecuador with jungles and coasts and snow-capped mountain peaks, a perfect place for solo travelers to explore existing passions and discover new ones. It's a country where getting bored is a foreign concept. I love that. And of course, there, there are the Galapagos Islands, which you can visit and take scuba classes or day trips and all of that. And number nine is Slovenia. I have been to Slovenia. I loved it. 
It is a small country in Europe, and the capital is Ljubljana, which is just fun to say. I talk about Ljubljana all day long. I spent about a week there, and I remember I was planning to do more traveling. Uh, maybe it was only like five days. I was planning to do more traveling around Slovenia, but I just ended up staying in Ljubljana for like five days because I got there, and it was delightful, and I just I spent the days like taking walking tours and going to museums and sitting outside in cafes and eating pastries. And it was just delightful. So I didn't see much, see much of Slovenia as a whole, but I had a wonderful time in Ljubljana. And you may have heard or seen pictures of Lake Bled in Slovenia, which is definitely one of the bigger tourist destinations there. It has the cute little island inside the lake, and it's very photogenic, and a lot of people go there. I, I didn't, um, but it's one of the bigger tourist draws there. Next up, we have Malaysia, which is another great starting point in Southeast Asia if you are traveling for the first time. Fodor says it has large cities, backpacker-esque islands, whatever that means, and spectacular cloud-tipped rainforests. Also, the capital city, Kuala Lumpur, is a mashup of modern Asian and Western culture. And of course, Malaysian food. Oh my gosh, I love Malaysian food, so there will be lots to eat there as well. The insider tip is that taxis are cheap and always available in Malaysia, so save the humid strolling and order a grab for longer distances instead. And there are more on this list, but that brings us to 10. So now we are jumping over to our other big organization company, Thrillist, which has the article, 20 Overlooked Countries Not Enough Americans Visit. Um, I feel like a lot could be said about that title. We're just going to skip over that. But they start with number one, Panama, saying that Panama is often compared to and passed over for Costa Rica, but that Panama actually has a lot of the same things that Costa Rica boasts and actually beats it in many categories. It has more remote mountains and island retreats. Nearly 400 outlying islands, almost all of which are unnamed, uninhabited, and or comprised entirely of coral. So I don't know if you, I guess you couldn't visit those, but you could do probably some great scuba diving or snorkeling around those islands. And unlike Costa Rica, Panama maintains a higher level of internet connectivity. So it would probably be great if you are a digital nomad or need the internet, especially while you travel. Number two, I swear I did not plan this, but number two is Taiwan. Now, I would argue that Taiwan is definitely edging out of the underrated category. I think it's on many lists, definitely for Asia travel, but even for international or around the world travel these days. I think it's definitely becoming more and more discovered. I will definitely talk about it as ad nauseum, as you know. We are going to do a full Taiwan podcast very soon. Well, hopefully very soon. I've been wanting to do it for a while, but I also want to wait until we have an ETA on opening the borders because Taiwan's borders have been closed for the past two years. So I don't want to give you a whole episode on Taiwan. You can't even visit Taiwan. So as soon as they start announcing or giving a general timeline on when they're going to open the borders, we will do a Taiwan episode. I'm so excited for it. But Taiwan is here at number two for underrated travel destinations from Thrillist. They say it's a smashing intro to East Asia with irresistible food and nature galore. Yes. 
300 night markets buzzing in the streets as the sun sets. They talk about the street food and the bathroom-themed modern toilet restaurant, which I'm sorry for the proprietors, but thank goodness for me that has closed. It's no longer around. It was a restaurant um, based around poop and toilets, and you ate your meal out of toilet bowl-shaped plates, and I did not enjoy it one bit, but there are plenty of other themed restaurants still in Taiwan, and of course, there's all of the natural environment. There are nine national parks and hot springs, and the high-speed rail connectivity makes it easy to get around the small island, so Taiwan, fantastic travel destination. Next up is Kyrgyzstan, which Thrillist says is the absurdly beautiful mountain country where the nomadic lifestyle is king. If you're in Kyrgyzstan, you're probably on top of a mountain. I really like that statement. You can traverse the country by foot or by horse, embracing the nomadic lifestyle by staying in yurts and feasting on stews. Yeah, this is something I've never had a travel experience like that. I've never been in that sort of environment or culture, and I would really, really love to experience that. After Kyrgyzstan is Cape Verde, where music and multiculturalism meet on warm sands. Cape Verde has all of the stunning natural environment, the sweeping mountain vistas and sparkling beaches, shipwrecks and whales in the crystal waters. On a strictly aesthetic level, this should be on any traveler's list. So if you're really into the Instagram spots, maybe head to Cape Verde. And then culturally, um, just citing what I'm reading here from Thrillist because I don't know anything about Cape Verde, but it seems to be a very multicultural island taking influence from a lot of the nearby cultures as well as uh, countries that colonize them. So influence from Senegal and Brazil and Ghana and the French and then, of course, their own cultures as well. So a very, uh, not to be cliche, but <laughs> melting pot there in Cape Verde. And then we have Ecuador, which they say is a, in a small but approachable package, which uh, maybe is a little um, diminutizing. Is that a word? I don't know. Um, but that sounds very cute for Ecuador. Ecuador is a small country of diverse landscapes. So you have swimming in the Amazon, you have bird watching and hiking and food and history and then all of that surrounding countryside. So lots to do in Ecuador, it sounds like, followed by Montenegro, which we talked about before. Montenegro makes several of these lists. And after Montenegro is Romania. And I appreciate the very first thing they pointed out about Romania is that there's more to Romania than Transylvania and Dracula lore. Romania is full of historic medieval towns, world heritage sites, and obscure architectural treasures. And quickly, just moving on for the sake of time, Nepal is up next. I've always wanted to go to Nepal, wedged right in there between India and China, a very mountainous. I mean, of course, you always think of Nepal as the place to go to hike Mount Everest, but it's also a very religious and I think spiritual, um, whichever word you want to use. The country is mainly Hindu, but there's also a lot of Buddhist influence, so there's a ton of religious sites in Nepal, um, both throughout the countryside and also in the capital city. And of course, in addition to Mount Everest for outdoor adventures, there's also national parks and tons of wildlife and animals there. After Nepal, we have Belize, which is a jungle paradise with some of the world's best scuba sites. So there are hidden waterfalls, there is scuba diving and sinkholes and jaguars and monkeys and hiking. 
So Belize really sounds great for outdoor adventurists and enthusiasts and nature and and animal enthusiasts and all of that. They have the Belize Barrier Reef, which is the largest reef, reef system in the Northern Hemisphere. So it totally makes sense as a scuba diving destination. And after Belize, the last one we're going to mention from Thrillist is Georgia, which we had on the other list as well. Georgia definitely makes, I think, at least three, if not all four of these lists. So Georgia is certainly edging out of that underrated travel destination category. So moving on to some of these smaller blogs and articles that we're going to look at, this next one is from Indie Traveler, which I have used before. All of these will be linked again in the blog post for the episode, which will be linked in the show notes. And Indie Traveler has the first underrated travel destination as Cape Verde, which again was mentioned before. So Cape Verde, put that on your list. Followed by Albania. And I like that Indie Traveler, uh, the very first thing he says about Albania is, let me level with you. I knew next to nothing about Albania before I went there, which is true. That's sort of how I feel about Albania and about many of places on these lists, which is largely why I find them so intriguing and why I would love to go there. So Albania really boasts a fascinating history. It was known for a long time, uh, I'm quoting from Indie Traveler here, as the North Korea of Europe. It was completely isolated from the world during its decades under dictatorship. It led to Albania developing on a different track to neighboring countries like Greece or Italy, while having a totally distinct culture and a unique language. And today, Albania is a democracy and an emerging economy, so no longer under that dictatorship. Um, But it definitely had its own development, which makes it a really fascinating place to visit, it sounds like. And Albania was also mentioned in that article by Fodors, but frankly, I think Indie Traveler gives it a more appealing description. For number three, he actually has two countries, Georgia and Armenia, together. Again, this is the third time, three out of three for Georgia so far. Number four, or number five, depending on how you're counting, is Laos. We had Laos mentioned before as well, the landlocked Asian neighbor of Thailand and Vietnam. Following Laos is Transylvania, and he says that Transylvania is one of the most beautiful and interesting regions in Europe, and it is actually the setting of the Dracula novel, but it is a real place. I think it's one of those places, well, it's another one like Timbuktu or Kathmandu, that people just say when they mean like very exotic and far away. And so sometimes we can grow up thinking that these places don't actually exist, but they do. Transylvania is real. Kathmandu is real. Timbuktu is real. (laughs) So Transylvania is actually a region and not a country. It is part of Romania, which we had mentioned before, which is that Dracula connection. But he lists it as its own specific destination, followed by Bolivia. Now, he starts by saying Bolivia is not for everyone. It is a landlocked country at the heart of South America, and it's one of the poorest and has some of the worst infrastructure in the world. If you're expecting an exotic vacation or holiday, Bolivia is probably not the place to go. But it's definitely great if you are an adventurous sort. Apparently there is some epic stuff to do there, including exploring salt flats and mountain biking down what's called Death Road, which sounds really intense. Hiking through the Andes with fewer crowds than you would find in Peru, um, which is, again, one of the benefits of the underrated destinations is fewer people will be there. After Bolivia is the Philippines. I would also argue that the Philippines don't belong on an underrated list, but I guess maybe that's because I've spent time in Taiwan and the Philippines is a fairly common vacation from Taiwan. 
So skipping over this one a little fast, nothing wrong with the Philippines. I would love to go there, but I don't think it's one of the most underrated. To Colombia, um, and he starts by saying, Colombia is hardly a travel secret, but the popular perception exists that it is a dangerous country to visit. So it's on here not because people don't know that it's a great place to visit, but a lot of people assume it's also dangerous as well, but it doesn't have to be. He says that safety levels are comparable to most other parts of South America, which is cool. And fun fact about Colombia is that it has both the Atlantic and Pacific coasts. So you get two, the two major oceans of the world in one country. You also have the Andes mountain range and the Amazon rainforest and a general cultural enthusiasm for music and soccer. The last list we're going to look at is from Travel Off Path. And the very first country that Travel Off Path cites is Georgia. Ding, ding, ding. Georgia is four for four. So I think it will soon not be on any of these lists, but I do want to go there very badly. Number two is Palau. They do say that this is not a budget travel destination. So this is more of a splurge. If you want to go to Palau and you are looking for tropical paradise, this is the place for you. Number three is Iran, which is the first time that Iran has made these lists, and apparently it's been growing in popularity. Now, one thing to say about visiting Iran is that if you are a British or American passport passport holder, you have to take an organized tour in this country. So this is not a place that you can just go um, by yourself for a vacation or to travel around. If you are British or American, you have to be part of an organized tour because of political tensions and it can take a while to get a visa. So again, not the easiest country to visit if you are British or American, but tons of ancient archaeological sites from ancient Persia, deserts, and apparently renowned hospitality, but you also need to note a strict Islamic dress code. I'm not going to get into that right now, just mentioning some of the things to be aware of, uh, but I think it's cool that Iran is on this list, although there are definitely things that you need to be aware of before considering it. And I think all of this list is interesting because these are all countries that wouldn't have occurred to me, or frankly, in the case of this next one, is not a country I'd ever even heard of before. So the next one is the Comoros Islands, C-O-M-O-R-O-S. According to Travel Off Path, these little islands are the least visited countries in the world. They're off the coast of Mozambique and close to Madagascar. The country gained its independence from France in 1970 and has unfortunately had decades of instability with coups and things like that. But the country has been stable since 2008 and tourism is still developing. But they cite tranquil beaches and wildlife, although this is very much an off-the-grid experience and you might have a hard time accessing Wi-Fi and sort of the other comforts that you might expect in other places. Next one is Albania, which we have talked about before another time on these lists. After that is Seotome and Principe, which if you, like me, recognize that name but don't know much about it or even necessarily where it is, it is off the coast of Liberia and was once a colony of Portugal. So again, we have another tropical destination with lush tropical palm trees, pristine beaches, and main exports of cocoa and coffee, followed by Mongolia. Mongolia is another place that I would love, love, love to visit. They say it is the ultimate destination for any an adventurer. You can explore the Gobi Desert. Uh, you could do it on horseback. You can stay in yurts and visit various festivals and eat things like dumplings and noodle soups and boiled and jellied sheep head, which... 
I'm not going to make any judgments on that until I've had the chance to try it. <laughs> so that rounds out the list that we're going to look at. Although, like I said, there are so many others around the interweb. So if you want to find more, it's a quick Google away, but I will link all of these for you. In terms of my own travel, what would I consider underrated places? I kind of talked about this at the beginning, like I haven't been to any places that are totally, totally off the beaten path, but I've also stayed away from some of the bigger tourist destinations, firmly middle of the road traveler right here. No, I'm kidding. I would love to go again to all of them. I'm excited to go to Paris, but I would also love to go to Mongolia and Nepal and Sri Lanka and all those places. Um, I would say Estonia is probably one of my biggest recommendations for lesser known travel destinations. Any of the Baltics for sure, but Estonia I really, really liked. So I would put Estonia up there, also Slovenia, which was on these lists as well. Although, like I said, I've barely seen any of the country other than Ljubljana, um, but I really, really enjoyed my time there and just the experience of that, that historical city. So I would put both of those out there, but I would love to know what your favorite underrated countries are. Are there any that you have on your list, like me, any of these that you were like, oh yes, I've always wanted to go there? I would love to hear which ones you are thinking of. You can send that to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor and on Twitter at goingoutyour. We will be back next week on Going Out Your Door. 